that could be the the, the clap or whatever to like sync yeah. all this shit up. Um, cheers. We are sponsored by Sapporo. Cheers. <laughs> Not actually. I don't understand. Can you get in trouble for pretending to be sponsored? And then, like, I guess you'd have to say some wild shit, maybe. Uh, I'm sure they could, but you, you <laughs> probably have to get a million views before Sapporo <laughs> yeah. even cared. And even if they did, they might be like, we'll give you a sponsorship. Yeah, me, <laughs> they, me over here thinking that Sapporo cares. And they're like, <laughs> I think, no. <laughs> I mean, if they'll, they'll probably be happy to see that people are promoting it, you know? Yeah, right? Cool, man. Well, thank you for coming over, man. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, I would like to just let you give yourself a quick introduction. Quick introduction. Uh, I'm DJ Farrow, uh, music producer and DJ. Been DJing since like 2005, doing production since uh, I'll say 20, like 2011, 2012 is when I started doing some production. Word. So I feel like we were at the same point there. Oh, yeah. Nice. Like... 10 years i started <laughs> producing when i like got out of high school so yeah. i was yeah yeah same, yeah same with me for sure what was it it was just like such an unsure time you needed something to like dive mm. into well I, I had been djing for a long time already okay. i started djing when i was a little kid i was like 12 years old first yeah time i started let's go with that because i wanted to oh, ask okay. you about <laughs> When you started DJing, because some people are like, I'm a producer DJ. I'm a mm. DJ producer. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I was definitely DJ first. And for a very long time, I was like, I don't I don't want to be a producer. I don't have to be a producer. I'm a creative enough DJ. And like, because in my mind, if you're a DJ producer at the, at the time when I was younger, because like I mostly came up as a hip hop DJ, like uh, Scratch Battle, like all, all of that. That was my shit. Like. Yeah. turntables are are my thing um but to me like a, a dj producer at that point when i was younger was like dj khaled i was like i'm not gonna make beats and be screaming on the song <laughs> every time be like this is a dj pharaoh beat and like act like kind of corny you know what i mean not that not that i don't like dj khaled um yeah, but like he, to me that he's fine to me to <laughs> me like that's that's what it was i was like i don't need to be doing all that and then like as i started to learn a lot more about music um i started to kind of get the itch to try and make stuff and then you know you make one beat that's kind of good and you're like hey like i could see myself like doing doing this more and started like experimenting with more genres because like when i was younger it was like only hip-hop i was like i'm only djing hip-hop um until one of my friends in like junior high introduced me to daft punk and that was like my entryway into electronic music and house music and stuff what was the first Daft Punk song? Oh, I think it was One More Time. It's just One like, More Time, Technologic, yeah. like all all of all of the Daft Punk hits, like that's what got me into dance dance music to begin with. Um I had heard electronic music, but like my uh my family didn't listen to any electronic music, so it was new to me, so I just like explored it on my own. Mm -hmm. My mom only listened to pop music. Uh and my dad only listened to like rap and hip hop. So I was like, knew all of like the '80s pop songs, like all of the hip hop songs growing up. But I mean, that's that's good music, though. Oh, it is, yeah, yeah. But I'm that's that's just like what I started with. I was like, and then once I started hearing more electronic stuff, I started to be like, oh yeah, I could see like how I could mix this stuff together. It sounds cool. I remember one time in my mom's van, 
we were driving somewhere and uh the song around the world by daft punk came out oh yeah and you know how that song is like so repetitive it's just like around the world and like i remember we were in the car as kids me and my brothers and sister or my brother and sister and we were just like is this song gonna go on forever and like i i feel like I'm so much more okay with repetitive stuff now. But like back in the day, it was like, what is this? But like mm-hmm. that is part of dance music. I feel like is that repetitive nature, you know? That's true. I guess for me when I was saying dance like uh, or like EDM, it was more of like the electronic sounds. Because mm. like I do mm-hmm. think like, yeah, da- when people are talking about dance music, it's interesting because people say dance music. Like people used to call everything techno, if you remember, like yeah. those, those the nobody dark, listens the to dark techno, age, the dark ages. Everyone calling anything that sounded electronic techno, including like my dad. <laughs> you mean like techno, and it's you're like techno yeah. crap. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that like people say dance music, they're like specifically talking about like house, like continuous beat, and like when I think EDM, I just think electronic sounds. Yeah, no. Now when I think EDM, I think of like trap, mm-hmm. almost more, or like heavy dubstep like bro step or something yeah like first because that's just so sound because like people call started calling everything edm like edm 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 it's or the like new... the big room house stuff like yeah Zed or yeah. like uh i don't know stuff mm-hmm. like that like calvin harris and yeah i know what you mean but not but not like the funk calvin harris not you know, you know what i'm talking not about. funk wave bounces volume one and two <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly exactly so, okay, the scratching I'm very curious about because that's just, like, the coolest shit. <laughs> and, like, I've, I, you know, I have, like, that's not even a CDJ. It's, like, just a DDJ pioneer all-in-one thing. Mm-hmm. And scratching, it's just, I've never been like, yeah, I want to learn how to scratch because it's just not, it doesn't seem fun on that. It doesn't have the weight. Yeah, that's I true. I don't know. It is a little harder on on the controllers, but I so when I was first before I started DJing, I watched I was like probably 10 years old and I watched this documentary called Scratch. Mm. And it was all about like um it was a lot a lot about the origins of hip hop and a lot about um the DMC. It's a disco mixing competition, mm. which it was just like a DJ. It was a DJing competition, but then it turned into like a DJ scratch battle over time. And uh, this documentary kind of like showcases some of the best like scratch DJs pretty much of all time. It was shown Craze, it was shown Qbert, um, different uh, like Babu, like all the different like crews. Even talking about like A Track back when he wasn't making EDM or anything. But when back he was when like he was, a kid, yeah, he was like fourteen years old doing the DMC championships. Um, and that when I saw that, I, I when I was really young, I liked music a lot. I didn't really play any instruments. Um, but I would hear song, I would frequently hear songs and then hear another song and be like, this song sounds so much like this other song. And I would kind of in my head be like, I wish I could somehow show people like how similar these songs are. And then I watched this scratch documentary and I was like, oh, a DJ does that. They're like just showing people music and like picking songs that go together. I was like, I want to do that. I want to try it. And then I saved up all of my money for like two years and bought my first little like it was actually like a a midi controller setup so i went like kind of in a reverse order i went from like and this is on like my family computer like windows 2000 or windows xp whatever it was um that was a good operating system (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i I was like 
DJing off of this like tiny controller that was like, it was a little bit limited. And I was like, all right, I need to like upgrade. I got CD players and I was like, all right, but I really want to get to scratching. And then I ended up getting like a, it was like a digital type of turntable. And then after that, I've had a lot of gear in my life. And then after that, I got like the full two deck turntable and I've been rocking with that until just a couple of years ago. Um, I got my first like controller that I actually used to DJ with, but uh, I only use that for like uh, when I need to take stuff mobile. I'm I still stay true to my turntables whenever I can. Mm. So what's your like actual like event DJ gear? Is it CDJs or is it like still? Oh, it depends on the the event. Like so, if I'm doing like something private where I'm just bringing the gear, I'll bring I'll bring my controller. It's just more more convenient. So it's a DDJ one thousand. So it's like yeah. size of the CDJs. Um, I really like it. It feels like comfortable. Uh, at the time that I got it, I was DJing at a lot of clubs. So I was trying to get better on CDJs when I got it. So I just like have like the feeling of it being like CDJs. Um, because, you know, you go you go to a club, like they might have turntables like when you're DJing, but they're probably beat to shit. Are you, you know? excited when you see them though? You're just like, yo, can we plug those in? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am, but I also have like been in the situation where you connect everything like have you done like a lot of nightclub gigs not really i've done okay. some you know like the, the, like stress of when you're about to go on and oh you need to plug your shit in yeah yeah yeah. Now, when you're like is it gonna work now with turntables that's like times 1000 because yeah. like you need to balance the tone arm and everything for it to play on the record well now you have like solutions that you don't need to actually have a needle on the record like phase and stuff like that if you've heard of that Mm-mm-mm. what's so, that so phase is like a wireless controller you could put on your turntable and it like feeds the signal that would be on the turntable straight to your your computer wirelessly wirelessly yeah whoa so it not there's like a a receiver for it that you plug into your computer Is but there it's but it's wireless latency no it's pretty good no it's like super fast not noticeable latency like less than a millisecond or something crazy like that Damn. but when you're setting up in a, a club and it's dark and you have your turntable you plug everything <laughs> in like get your like sound card that you need to plug in for that that's this is like I probably sound like an old DJ talking about plugging in sound cards, um, but you plug your turntables into the sound card, and then the worst thing is if you like plug that in, you're not getting any signal from from the turntable itself, and you have to like troubleshoot it and figure out oh is the, the needle messed up? Oh do I need to reconnect it? It's just a, it's just a huge headache. So I'm like fuck it, I'll just use CDJs. That's that was kind of like my how I got into like using CDJs because I was like I don't want to deal with the headache of setting up turntables that everyone else has been ignoring for 10 years <laughs> yeah but have you ever fucked around with like some of the newer school stuff where it's like almost like beat pads and like you're triggering stuff and oh yeah yeah you definitely like, you fuck with that yeah mm, yeah i have uh an xp2 pioneer xp2 i've played with that for some performances uh i have a machine as well that i've used for some like live like pad yeah. so I, i've done actually a good amount of like different drum um drum like live drumming performances uh-huh. uh i don't know if you've heard of the pack drum line Mm-mm. so that they're the uh they've just performed for the bulls halftime show i did the um the all-american or what is, is it called all-american for basketball as well i don't know it was like the, the like on i think maybe it was like under armor or something but we we performed at uh the united center together so the pack drum line it, it got me my buddy parody got me into drumming a lot so nice. he was doing like a lot of like stuff with like an MPC. Um, so I was doing the same, trying to do the same stu- kind of stuff on machine. And we would kind of just like battle a little bit like back and forth making beats. But he's like a real, a real drummer and like the drum line. Uh, they actually just uh, 
just performed at um, America's Got Talent as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I, I was their official DJ, or I still am like one of their DJs, but there's like more DJs in the group now as well. For America's Got Talent, like you, I did, I didn't DJ for for that. They just had the drum the crew for that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Oh, Damn. thank you. That's really cool. Like, so is this a thing where, like, when the Bulls are playing or whatever, like something's happening and they they need you? You're it's like yeah, like ha- like halftime show type yeah. stuff. Um, like come out come out with the drums. They mostly have been doing for those shows. It, it gets hard when you include a DJ in some of the performances because like. If you want to hear the DJ, you have to have like wires and cables running to like whatever speaker systems. So mm-hmm. it's just like a little bit easier for them to walk out there just mark, the or march out with the drums. Yeah. yeah that makes so like sense. if it's like a club setting, like we we had a, a residency at Soundbar uh, for like a probably about a year, I would say, where um, it would be like me and Perry would DJ and then the drum line would come out at like 1230 or like 12 o'clock and like they would do like some sets and like a dance routine and then we would just continue DJing throughout the night. It was super, it was really cool. Gotcha. So, like, I'm talking to a real, real DJ here. I'm not just talking <laughs> about, like, myself where it's like, well, I make music and, like, now I got to perform it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I would consider myself a real DJ. But, like, what, is, what does that even mean? So, have you performed in any of those, um, what is it, DMC? DM... What was it? Di- I've had disco? a I've had a bad luck streak with the battles that I tried to do. They were all like local, just Chicago ones. But I've I've done three of them. All of them I got drawn to go first. Oh, no. which is always a bad look. And every time I feel like they didn't say what the rules were for like the judges and stuff. Mm. So I feel like I got underscored a little bit. But uh, you know, when it kind of feels like it was a popularity contest, it like kind of like made me back off of doing like the battle stuff as much not not like officially like i still work on my scratches and stuff all the time but um as far as like looking for those kinds of competitions because you know you put a lot of work into it and to see like two people that maybe you're like don't think even have like that much like recognition and djing to be able to judge you mm. you're kind, it's kind of like ah like it, it didn't feel good you know for sure. Okay, that's that's fair. Yeah, I feel like also going first is really kind of yeah. No, you, it was it was all it was always like they don't explain the rules. Then I go and then they say what the rules are, and it's like okay, great. Yeah. Now I just that? got judged based off off of what. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, normally I start out with a question, uh, but we kind of just went down the DJ rabbit hole, oh, okay. which I'm glad we did. You know, because it's very interesting. I want to pop back to it honestly. Um, but I do want to ask you my mandatory question, sure. and uh, that is, what was your first concert? My first concert? I think the first concert that I went to, I actually DJed for. Really? Yeah. You're in it, dude. <laughs> you got it. So my, my first um, concert was I got to open up and DJ for Kid Inc. Oh, back yeah. Back in 20... It was 2013, I believe. So he was like just starting to pop off. Uh, just made that song with Chris Brown, mm-hmm. "Show Me." I remember because like I feel like I got into Wiz at that time, or was it at that time? Yeah, yeah it was a little Wiz, after. Yeah, Wiz was like Wiz was like big at that time as well. Yeah, but I feel like they had a song, or maybe it was just the fact that like Wiz was like "Yo Ink My Whole Body," and then I was like "Kid Ink." That's like another guy that maybe <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, so you yeah that show. Yeah, so like DJing the concert and then watching the show afterwards, uh, it was it was interesting because like I 
that was probably a pivotal point for me because I didn't think that I could, um, you know, if, at that point still DJing for me was kind of like a hobby. You know, I, I liked doing it for fun, but I never thought of really doing it for a career. And uh, a friend, I was DJing for a friend's like just some sort of like party, like basement party. And I was DJing and this, his buddy came up to me. He was like, hey, like I'm going to be opening up for, for Kid Ink in a couple weeks. Like, do you want to be my DJ? And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. Like, let's let's do it. Yeah. Um, and then going going through the that show, like seeing like everyone perform and then seeing like some of the other DJs there who were like on tour as well. I saw their skill level and I was like, oh, I'm like way better than than some of these some of these other DJs. Like if they can make a career out of it, why couldn't I? Yeah. And I feel like that's been a mentality that I've had for like a lot of my DJ like production careers. Like there's always going to be like that next breakout artist like why couldn't it be me like why not give it a shot i always like kind of think like that yeah no that makes sense i feel like i'm on the opposite end where i'm like oh fuck there's so many good djs and i'm (laughs) I'm trying to get shows and it's just like oh god (laughs) but at the same time there's there's room for whatever like if you got really good song selection if you somehow like end up you know it's just experience is what you need Mm -hmm. and there's and there's always something that you do better than somebody else or like that something that you can like magnify about your taste or like the way you mix or the way you produce that will draw people to you that maybe maybe um someone else can't really pull off for sure yeah everyone's got their strengths and stuff cool well i also wanted to ask you where does pharaoh come from um you know people ask me this a lot but there isn't really that much of a big deal about i just really liked ancient egypt when i was a kid Dude. and like i feel like i just like kind of connected with it when i was younger yeah um and i just i just sort of like roll rolled with it like when i was trying to think of a dj name and i was like kind of like looking i had like a bunch of books on like egypt mm. and i was like kind of like thinking like what should my dj name be because i was going by like for a while i went by like ant dog because my name's mm. anthony mm-hmm. <laughs> And then I did, and then it was like fro or something for a while because I had like really long hair, long curly hair. Oh, okay. And then uh, I was like trying to think for a while, and I was like looked at my, saw some of my Egyptian books, and was like, oh, like why not do Pharaoh? That would be sick. Are there aliens involved with e- Egypt? Are we like an alien theorist? Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't think. I think that people see the pyramids, and because they were built with such little, what we call little technology compared to what we have today. They just like can't conceive people building them, but I, I don't think yeah. aliens made them. <laughs> wasn't aliens? All right, just wanted to check in. It, I don't. I wasn't there. Don't. I mean, you you could try we to don't quote know. me, yeah. but I I wasn't there. <laughs> All right, just curious. I'm watching this show that's like about ancient civilizations, and it's okay. just like how the fuck did they build this stuff? It's yeah. crazy. And that's that's for like a lot of architecture of like the ancient world. You think like they didn't have cranes like we do. They didn't have yeah any of the powered equipment, but they still built like monumental structures bro they were just bored as fuck <laughs> yeah like i think that might be it and it's probably like where all the money went like yeah they're the, like dude all the kings to, and emperors yeah. they wanted to have ball and buildings and like spas and like, like fountains. what else do we got yeah. you know yeah like, every, oh, we're gonna put a chamber in this thing like everyone everyone needs to know how rich i am make that fountain 20 feet tall like stuff like that yeah who knows anyway total derail like we could just derail right now <laughs> um 
cool. Well, let's let's listen to a track. Honestly, let's um, okay for sure. Just because we we have a few songs to listen to. Um, so this one Ute beat it was inspired by a lot of the music I was listening when I was on vacation in Colorado, and uh, Ute I believe it's pronounced Ute is like the uh, the tribes the Native American tribes that are out there and they have a lot of flute uh, flute music like it was. Uh, a big part of their culture so i was listening to a lot of their stuff when i was like going to the different sites around there and i think it just inspired how the song got made This shit's smacking. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it. wasn't listening to too much different music other than the uh stuff of the the natives because i was like kind of just absorbing i was doing a lot of hiking oh. i was doing a lot of hiking so i was kind of just like absorbing the nature sounds mm. and then whenever i was walking through like museum type parts or historical parts like they were playing a lot of the, the like ute flute music where in colorado is that uh so i went to colorado springs okay so they have like cheyenne mountain park garden of the gods um, a few others I can't remember. Red Rocks Open Space. It's, it's close to Red Rocks. Oh, like okay. As well. Oh, we're talking Red Rocks. Baby. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Have you ever seen a show at Red Rocks? I haven't. I would go back for it though. You know, <laughs> I I was this close to buying like three hundred dollar Pitbull tickets. Oh my <laughs> to... <laughs> god, dude! Oh but it was like it was like sold out. It was like a sold out show. Damn. Do you like Pitbull? Like, or is it just that it would be like iconic? Well, as well, just because I wanted to go to Red Rocks that bad, <laughs> yeah. like I would have pretty much seen anyone who I could have like stood to see. I would, but I, but yeah. Pitbull is is a staple of if you ever end up, if you've been to like weddings, you know. Oh like, yeah, Pitbull is like a staple wedding DJ song. So <laughs> I've played a lot of Pitbull in my life. What's the the uh, the wedding Pitbull song? Time of my life right now. And was like, Ooh, oh yeah, the time of my life. That's that like the, the that's like the hottest one right now. I would say it's even though it's like f- probably four or five years old at this point, but it's a banger though. Yeah, Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide. I mean, he is just three hundred five. <laughs> sick, yeah. Um, <laughs> word. Well, one day Red Rocks will happen. Yeah, You'll have to go back. Yep, I've seen a show there and it was pretty cool. But honestly, just even going there and checking it out, like it's just yeah. So they have this the spot that's close to there called the Red Rocks Open Space, which is another place you would like hike around. Mm. And a lot of these like parks, they're like not like uh, I don't know if you're like originally from around Chicago, but like we have like 
parks and trails and stuff, and they'll go like a couple miles. But like, these are like fifty miles of trails that you could walk if yeah. you wanted to. So yeah. like, there's just like there's just a ton of open area you could like walk around, check out, explore the nature. I was taking a lot of pictures and like videos and stuff. Yeah. Do you like Chicago? Like, because now it's like about to get fucking cold, or it's already cold. I hate the winter. I I've never I haven't like traveled a ton. Every time I've traveled, it's been to like another bigger city usually. Um, but uh, going out to Colorado, I really had a an appreciation for the natural elements out there and like how the landscapes are all different. Like you'll be like it'll be mountain to grassland to like hilly area, all within your view. Yeah, and, like you don't get that around here. It's really flat. There's something <laughs> cool about Chicago too. Yeah, like, no, Chicago's like cool. Chicago's cool, but at the same time, it's like damn, it's good. It's good at, in the industry that we're in to be in a top, the third top market for um, sure of the country. <laughs> for sure. Um, well, okay, let's see. I got some questions written down here that sure. I, I wanted to ask you about. There's a lot to cover, honestly. You do a lot of things, you wear a lot of hats. Um, but let's see, what do I want to ask you about? You know, sticking to the DJing stuff. Uh, you have a thing called Pharaoh Fridays. Yes. And tell me a little bit about that. How did that start? What is it now? So uh, in, my, in my current job, I do a lot of video production uh, stuff, like live video production. Mo- but mostly what I do there is uh, like 3D design. But uh, a lot of the things we were doing during the pandemic, like in 2020, was uh, doing virtual shows. So, like, a company would have, like, their training programs and, like, get their people together, like, large companies, and then they would usually meet up at some sort of conference and do, like, talks and stuff there on a stage, but what my company was doing was putting them in a virtual environment um, inside of, like, Unreal Engine, and we would, like, live broadcast it. So, once I was, like, learning how to do that for work, I talked to my, my coworker, Johnny, aka Hot Rod. He's uh he was like my VJ for the Pharaoh Friday shows, and like how it would help with like all of the like video uh, input output routing of everything we were doing, and uh, yeah I would like build up different virtual environments and it's it works like a video game so I could set triggers for like animations different like clips to happen, um and we were working on that for like a year and a half straight we were doing it every Friday we were doing Pharaoh Fridays live on live on Twitch mm-hmm. where I would go, we would go live and I would DJ for, for about an hour straight and, uh, he would VJ for me and it would be, uh, kind of hard to describe without people seeing it, but it's, uh, the full like virtual environment that I would, I would be like inside DJing and like live, live streaming out of it. Yeah. It looks crazy. I mean, <laughs> I would encourage you to go check it out, but it's like, basically you got a green screen and then it looks like, you know, you can put yourself in any yeah, place. Yeah, exactly. You could be on a beach. You could be on a big stage with, like, lasers. Yeah, like, you would think that we were in some sort of, like, Hollywood studio or something. We're just in, like, this tiny, tiny studio. We just threw up a green screen. But we have a lot, all of this broadcast equipment from the shows that we were doing yeah. for, for work. And we were just, it was kind of just, like, a, a side, like, project that we both, like, had a lot of fun working on. And we want to get back to doing it. We're probably just going to stream off of youtube um we noticed it was like really hard to get people to for the amount of effort we were putting in 
it, it was hard to get people to kind of understand like that it was a live virtual environment and that they could interact with it. We would like show the comments on like different parts of the scenes mm. or if you typed certain like trigger words into the Twitch chat, it would like make fireworks go off or things like that. And like we were doing it like so often adding these new features, but like I feel like it like was kind of going over people's heads. So mm. we were just like kind of regrouped, like maybe we'll just do like other mixes or or something. But we do want to get back to doing it, maybe have some like guest DJs, uh, maybe some production live streams, things like that. Yeah, that'd be super cool. I mean, I feel like people would be into that. It's just maybe they, they didn't know or something. I, I struggle with the same thing. It's like, yo, mm. like, yeah, I what, think like getting people engaged, whatever yeah, it is. I think it, yeah, I feel like it was my own fault not having like a proper marketing strategy and just like every week being like, all right, I'm going live on, on Friday. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there has yeah. to be a little bit more done. Probably could have done a little bit better with like trimming up some content for social media to promote it. Sure. But you know, you know how that is. Like it's, it's a, it's a grind, like getting like all that content made and being ready to go live. Like you think about it like an hour. I, I was also, um, doing a completely, not completely like 99% different set every, every week. So it was like all new music almost every week besides like my own songs and a couple other favorites of mine. Yeah. So like that was like a good amount of work getting a full different hour every week. Um, yeah. we would do, we were trying to do like seasons so like the first season we were like in egypt second season oh. was in space so we would try and oh, like yeah, have different yeah. environments set up to do you know just different things like make it more fun make it fun for us make it fun for the people watching yeah so right now it's not happening but you want to bring it back yes it's currently not happening it's it's uh paused for right now okay gotcha yeah i mean that sounds super cool like no, thank i you. i would let me know when it's back because I will be I will. a viewer. Oh, um, for sure. Maybe we, we've talked about DJing a lot. Let's talk about the graphic design stuff because oh, that sure. kind of feeds into what you were talking about with the yeah, VJ sure. guy. Do you do VJing at all or is it, you said, 3D modeling mostly? Yeah, so um, most of my, my work at my job is doing 3D, 3D modeling uh -huh. and uh, rendering. So because we do a lot of events, I'll do what's called pre-visualization for the event. So what is your stage going to look like once it's built or what is your concert going to look like, whatever mm. the event may be. And I will, um, I'll 3D model or I'll get 3D models from whoever like desi designed the rest of the stage and I'll put materials on it and light it to make it look like how it, it's going. It's supposed to look for uh, when it happens in real life. Yeah. So it's like a staging, like you're you're trying to show it to someone to exactly. Then sell so it's it? like yeah, so like sh showing it to the client, like hey, like this is what it'll look like once it's done. Like this is what yeah. it's gonna look like at the event. And how did you get into the 3D modeling stuff? Because like I thought Ableton was complicated, or like <laughs> DAWs were complicated, yeah. but 3D modeling, I was like, there was a point where I was like, this is really cool. I'd like to learn some of it, but it was such a world, yeah, of its own that I was like. I don't know what uh so what had happened is so I had done some like a, a decent amount of like Photoshop graphic design type things like going through school um I had to make a lot of my own like promotional material so I'd do like some like a lot of video editing also like graphics and stuff for flyers things like that yeah so I had like a little bit of design background before I started jumping into 3D um but what had happened is I was trying to make visuals for myself for when I was DJing for like bigger, bigger shows. Like if they had 
an LED wall. I was like, oh, I need to get my name up there. I need to have like cool animations. And then I was like working on, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, what did you mainly use to make that stuff? Because Uh, Cinema 4D. Okay. So I'm I'm like a heavy, heavy Cinema 4D user. Yeah. For sure. I know what that is because like one of my favorite dudes that makes crazy visuals uses mm-hmm. that. But like they always use like that plus this and like all these yeah. different softwares to get textures. Yeah. So the, and- yeah, so the, ver- the when I was do- doing the virtual shows, that's an Unreal Engine. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of like the rendering work and like modeling I do in Cinema 4D. Gotcha. Okay, um, cool. But I, I had started trying to make visuals for myself for when I performed it bigger venues that had an led wall so i was like trying to get like logo animations and it was like real rudimentary and basic types of things but as i started doing it a little bit more i was kind of like i kind of like this a lot and at the time i at the time that i started i was only djing so i didn't start working like professionally in the design field until the pandemic happened so it was sort of like out of necessity like after i had lost my gigs i was like well what else could i do and i was kind of like Kind of like, well, I like doing like these designs and put a portfolio together. And that's like how I ended up where I'm at now with a like designing job. But yeah, I was just like doing it for fun, like alongside DJing. I would just like kind of try and work on some projects every week and just like kept getting better. So to the luckily, luckily that I had that as a hobby, that was kind of something to fall back on. Yeah. Like once uh, the pandemic ruined everybody's plans. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, especially, you know, if your main income is DJing, it's just yeah. like, well, you know, you can as as cool as what you're doing with the the Pharaoh Fridays is it's like people want to see live music, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, exactly. And that was another reason why um, we kind of like took a break from it is because I was getting a lot of in-person gigs again. So okay, I, like, yeah, I just same. like didn't I just like didn't have the time to put towards towards like making it as good as i wanted it to be yeah. as well so i was like i think we got to put a pause on it for a little bit yeah i'm also i feel like music and streaming is still trying to find a way to like coexist because there's issues with like you know copyright stuff like oh 100 yeah it was the worst so i have most of the feral friday episodes recorded yeah so most of them are recorded but it that's the thing that sucked like we would record it and if you didn't tune in live, you didn't get to see it because it got taken down yeah. off of Twitch. Mm. So that that was another thing that was like kind of like bothering me because it's like Twitch, like they want you to like build an audience, want you to like be marketing. Basically, Twitch wants you to do all the work and then they'll give you money once they see that you're valuable. Yeah. So I, I was kind of like, I don't, I feel like I'm working for them and not really getting anything out of it. So like maybe switching platforms will help if we start doing YouTube or something like that. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it's a tough thing out there for like I think about for this, too. It's like, you know, some like these songs that we're playing today yeah. are a lot of them are whips works mm-hmm. in progress. But, um, you know, some of the videos that I've put up, it's like, you know, oh, we found this song that was, you know, who whatever guest, you know, they put it through a distribution company and then that gets all the checks and balances yeah. of like getting tracked. And then it's like. You and, know, and it, there's no like humanness behind any of those, uh, yeah, like, analysis. Because, yeah, like I sat down with the person, yeah, and they were like, Yeah, it's cool, we're exactly. gonna play this, exactly. But like, what do I gotta do now to rectify the fact that this has already been demonetized? Yeah, for and for one of my 
one of my tracks, I uploaded a video to TikTok. It was like the music video. Mm-hmm. And they they like cancel canceled it out, like took my video down or like took the sound out. For your own. For my own. Yeah, for my own video. So it's like, who's like checking this? Like, obviously, this is me posting. You know what I mean? Like, who right. do I, and it, it just makes it more of a hassle. Like, who do I need to talk to to get make sure that when I'm posting my stuff, it's okay? And you see it on yeah. SoundCloud all the time, too, of people getting like strikes on their own stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's tricky. I've thought about, I mean, I've been doing mix series for the podcast and it's yeah. just like, do I have to make like a separate account or something? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, have like the, bur- <laughs> the burner SoundCloud. I feel like a lot of people have that. Yeah, for I, sure. I just upload private and if it doesn't get pulled off oh, of that, then? Then, then usually it makes it. Some some free game for some of you producers out there. You, yeah. if, you, if you upload it private and it doesn't get taken down, then you'll be good to release it. Word. Word. Good, cool. good, to, good meaning, to know. Good to meaning it'll stay on SoundCloud, not meaning it's legal. I don't know. I'm not. This is not legal advice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Be careful. So let's talk about Wanna. You did a lot with that track. Um, yes. It seems like probably was the most like balls to the wall marketing for a track that I've seen from you. Like you yeah, got. Thank you. And it, dude, it looked sick. Honestly, I love the the Coke can. And go check it out. There's a Coke can that just says consume, and I'm like, oh <laughs> yeah, dude, hell yeah. But then you did you, you did lighters. Like there was a lighter in the video that said wanna but then yeah. you have real lighters that you're giving out limited yeah, edition yeah. Mm-hmm. like what made you want to do all of that and how did that end up working out basically like because i know that that probably was a lot of effort it was a lot of effort but it was it was something that you know a lot of times i felt like when i was only djing like i didn't like I like you know DJing can be lucrative, but I just felt like I was hustling so much that I didn't have the time or the money to think like how can I really plan out this release? Because like everything I've done, I've done like so like indie release, like I've never released on a label or anything like that. And I was like, what can I do that'll just be cool that I would think was cool if um, I release a track? And I was like, well, I do 3d design like i could do like an animation for the music video that would be really cool yeah having some sort of element that was like shown in the music video or similar to the music video as like merch or a giveaway would be really cool so that's where the like lighter came out and like the song if you listen to the lyrics like they're talking about smoking weed (laughs) they're like they're talking about selling weed yeah um 
A lot of people can't even tell what they're saying, but that's what they're talking about. Because it's like, or yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> or up. Yeah. So um, I was like, well, lighters would go perfect with that. So that was like kind of an easy one. Um, there was like a few other ideas that I had rolling around that I was like, a lighter will be good enough because people will get utility out of that, you know? And uh, that was basi- basically what I was trying to do is just like make like some cool promo that I would think would be fun to make and also would um, like other people would enjoy. Like I, I, as much as I would love to have every song I release be like, wa- like Wana, I feel like that was, uh, and that was a track I worked on with Palpa, yeah, which I, I believe is yeah, or shout, yeah, Palpa. We could just say Palpa. I always call people by their de- their their producer <laughs> yeah. DJ name. I just got used to doing that. <laughs> no, I get that. I get that. Um, but yeah, working working on that with him, and then he also helped with a, a lot of the uh, like trippier visuals that were in like some of the background elements of the uh, the video. Um, I would I would love to have every song I release to be like that much of a like packaged work of art but it's like really i noticed it's been really hard to try and get all all of my ideas developed enough to do that like you can't i wanted to do that for every song that i released after that but making that two minute music video took like almost a year because like it was just me working on it by myself yeah so i'm still trying to like uh trim the fat on the process like figure out how could i like deliver things in a cool way like this without me killing myself like working like a hundred hours in a week trying to like do do these renders do these animations you know bro you are speaking to the right person (laughs) like you're barking up the right tree because uh yeah man it is tough like i feel like that's you know part of it is just the process of figuring out how to optimize things yeah and then realizing realistically how long it would take exactly so you gotta like do it you gotta like do it once and like kill yourself doing it and be like all right that's not we can't do that every time you know yeah and i think that i'm glad that more artists are being vocal about this too recently just seeing on twitter i've seen more artists be like hey like i don't want to be a content creator like i want to just make music Mm. and like i feel like that's how it should be but a lot of artists are like trapped by social media i feel like because back before social media people were just like passing out flyers you would like get your name out that way maybe you would do an email list um like to email people like when you were doing shows but i feel like social media kind of grabs the rest of music consumers attention because like a lot of them are on instagram twitter facebook whatever it is but um like the artist is on there and they're like on they need to be on the platform to like talk to their audience yeah. But the best thing to do would be to find some way to bring your audience to like your own website or your own like way of talking to them. That's why a lot of uh, artists I notice are like doing Discord channels and like Discord. Right. Yeah. Because like you have direct contact with the people who want to listen to your music or check out your art or whatever you're doing. Yeah, dude. It's a really weird thing because it's like there's more opportunity than ever with social media. But at the same time, it's like you kind of got to pay to play in certain circumstances too and it's like wait so there's more opportunity but at the same time i have to do like this this and that all these extra things that i would have never thought i would have had to do like i feel like the expectation is on every social media is do at least a post a day and now and now it's only videos that are like getting good reach and it's like how am i going to make videos every single day yeah like i'm working a a regular job on top of doing like DJing music production and like just making art in general. Like how, how am I supposed to fit that in every single day? It's, it seems almost impossible. Well, 
you could do it. But I also understand where you're like, I've been at the end of my day and I'm like, fuck, I have four things to do. And I'm, yeah, or yeah. like, if I'm going to put this schedule on myself, I, yeah. have, I now have four things to do. Yeah, And yeah. it's like, dude, this is ridiculous. And like, of course you need help and stuff, but like also, are you going to put all, like if I was going to be like, oh, yo, I need an editor for videos. Like, am I going to pay you all this money to get like, you know, not that much out of it it but and then also just this is a rant <laughs> yeah go ahead I'm, the, I'm about it the algorithm <laughs> shit i yes. like heard the other day that it's like uh instagram for example will show like 25 percent of your audience something and then based on that number it'll then like open the door yeah. to the same rest th- of them yeah same thing with like tiktok i read the same thing yeah um, it's like dude what the what is that so yeah you work hard to build this audience on this platform and then they restrict who sees it so I feel like a lot of artists are kind of opening their eyes to like how messed up that is. Yeah. Like kind of trying to figure out a way out of it. Like I haven't totally figured it out. No. Um, Cause just ignoring it and not posting ever doesn't help you like really in, in yeah, this situation. Yeah. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you yeah, don't. Like exactly. it's kind of like, ooh, I don't know. And then with Twitter, are you, are you a Twitter user? No, I'm not. So like with the recent update on Twitter, anyone can pay a subscription to be a verified right. Twitter user. That. So like I've, I'm seeing people get verified on Twitter and if you like click on their check mark, it says whether they pay for the subscription or oh. if they're like actually notable. Oh. So it's like, what's the point of doing that if someone can click on your profile and that just know like that you paid for grab. it? It seems like it to me as well. And it also seems kind of not no offense to people. Like I'm not trying to offend people. There's just yeah. my perspective. Like it seems like kind of weird to immediately like pay to get verified. Yeah. You know what I mean? It seems like you're just kind of sort of validating yourself in a way. Versus like actually being notable. It it kind of weirdly reminds me of like paying for a domain name almost. It's like you can get a Squarespace website or a Wix website or whatever. And basically it's going to do almost all the same things. But for some reason it's like sketchy. or so. It's like, yeah, it's oh, not yeah. as... It's not as reliable, but it's like, dude, it kind of is the same thing. I mean, obviously you don't get all the bells and whistles. Exactly. Like what, like to the regular Twitter user, is there a difference if you paid for verification or if you like got verified by the company? Like, do they care? But it's like astronaut and it's like none of this stuff is like, oh, you just pay for it once. It's, it's continually every month you're getting hit with a charge. It's like, dude. Who the fuck can afford that? I don't get it. Like apparently, a lot of people. <laughs> well, I've, of course, there's like shit you can do where it's like, oh, write it off in your taxes. Like this is my company, but at the same time, oh, it's no, not like I, it's free money. No, yeah, I was just saying like the amount of users I've seen, yeah. do verification just to just to do it. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I, I feel like it's kind of lame. Like I'm not trying to be mean. I feel like it's kind of lame that as soon as like they could pay to get verified, they did. Yeah, but. I don't know, to each their own. Like, if it's a marketing tactic, like, if they're thinking, hey, people don't care as long as I'm verified, they'll think I'm more important. Yeah. Go, no, go for it. This That's, is, like, your own marketing decision. This is, like, the thing that I, I don't know, I have, like, a moral conflict with where it's, like, yeah. you can do all this stuff because being a human being and being a smart person is about finding all these shortcuts. Like, smart people don't necessarily put in all the work. They find a way. They find a back door. They find a shortcut. And it's like, all right, if you can just shortcut it, then if that's a thing, then do it. And it's just like, but what is the impact of that? 
Yeah. You know and what I mean? Like, and we don't know still for specifically the Twitter thing. And there's a lot of things like that that I feel like right now where it's like, eh, although you can do that, it's like, should you do that? But it's like, how can you <laughs> not at the same time to be competitive? So anyway. Yeah, true. True. Because then you're thinking like, well, maybe I submit to this label and they look at my profile and I didn't even pay to verify myself. So they don't think I'm good or they don't think I'm serious. You yeah. know, like there's so many more thoughts behind it than just the like, should I should I do it? Should I pay for it? there's there's one thing also to pay for like the uh capabilities of a service where it's like all right now you got more storage or you got more yeah whatever but there's that's like a whole nother field where it's like you just are paying for it for the the aesthetic yeah yeah to look more official yeah to look more legit so yeah i i hope that doesn't become too much of a thing Inter- interesting I, it I'll, is interesting i'll let you know how it goes <laughs> yeah, Keep yeah, yeah let me know <laughs> um this is another thing related to the 3d modeling stuff but i saw that you did a collab with these converse uh it was like a collab that was being done with converse with someone that you knew but you helped him with the visuals yes of yeah. it and i kind of wanted to know a little bit more about that did you make a 3d model of a converse shoe Yes. So um, the project was with this artist named uh, Goldie, and he's a like Web3 crypto art, like NFT artist in Chicago. And he's like mm-hmm. been been grow- growing a lot the past like couple of years. Um, and I met him at one of the like because I've done some art like that just in the, the 3D artist world. I've noticed a lot of those people got into NFTs. So I was kind of interested yeah. when I like jump in my feet. Are, are you familiar with uh, Audius as well? Why does that sound familiar? What is that? It's kind of like SoundCloud, but it's uh like blockchain based. And they give, yeah, they give you this. they give you like credits like for being on the the platform. So like okay. being on there, they give you they gave me all these tokens and I didn't know anything about cryptocurrency really. And then I was like, "Oh, so this is like worth real money if I wanted to take it out." And then I found out about like Ethereum. This is mm. this is like a whole separate tangent. Yeah, yeah, I'm but, down. I'm down. But getting <laughs> but getting into like crypto stuff and like crypto art NFTs I thought it was like very a very interesting way that I saw a lot of 3D artists like posting their work and getting money for it. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna try it. Like put out an NFT, it got sold or it got bought. And I was like, this is really cool. Like I want to like get more into the space. Uh, went to like some gallery. Yeah. Met, met Goldie. We just like kind we just like kept like casually talking, like checking out each other's work. Um, but he had like a good amount of collectors, and he asked me to help him with this uh, this Converse project. So we like talked with Converse, and they he had like his own artwork put on a shoe and uh he just approached me to uh, create like the 3d model of the shoe that once people bought the shoe they would also get like this 3d model that they can use in different virtual spaces Mm. where they can like customize a character basically to wear those shoes Mm. so that's like what the purpose was i did a lot of like promo renders and things like that like pack shots product shots of the shoes as well but the like main utility of the project was so that they could be worn virtually in like video games basically in like the next coming years or like the metaverse exactly inside inside of the metaverse is there like a universal file format for like a shoe in the metaverse or what is that is it um it it depends on what the that's that was another hard part of it is like it depends on what the platform uses so there's a few standards like an obj file Mm. um what is obj like an object file yeah basically it's called the object file um then there's like fbx 
but like a couple other formats and you can like plug those in and like there was an, a, bu- a couple other people on the team that were working on the technical aspects of like writing the uh, contracts as they call it mm. for making all of this work in, in web three. And like, I'm not a developer like that. So I don't know that much about that side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew that like they were able to plug my model in so that people would be able to access it once they got their like real pair of the shoes word. So how did that whole process like end up like what ended up happening? Did the shoes get like, Oh yeah. So the shoes came out, they came out on October 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still selling them at, um, uh, this clothing company called Iridium okay. in the city. Cool. So they, they are still selling them if you wanted to grab a pair. And you can also be wearing the virtual shoes that I made. <laughs> Dude, that's a crazy thing. What do you I, think? It's so, it seems so like random, I guess, if you look at me as like a DJ producer person. like I'm not, If you didn't know that I was doing that stuff, I feel like it seems random. But well, it's just like another project, I guess. I don't know, man. It's a, it's a weird thing. It's like you wear a lot of hats. People nowadays have to wear so many hats. Yeah. And it's like... I think about that thing where it's like the the master, like jack of all trades, master of none. It's like, oh, yeah. ugh, I don't want, like, but at the same time, you there's know, so many interesting things nowadays. It's like, I, why not that? I feel like most people that are creative, they're not just sticking to one medium. As much as people want to act like they're all about one specific brand of like, oh, I'm a musician or, oh, I'm a visual artist, it intermingles a lot. Like you, you yourself, like you've worked on graphic design as well. And like, I feel like most people who are creative, they'll dabble in a lot of different things. So I kind of find out what their, the things they love are and like things they love to work on. And like, if you're creative, then you, you like experimenting with different things too. Yeah. I feel like it can just be, I don't know, maybe I'm just like OCD about this or something, but like the image that you put out on social media, it's like, am I going to dilute myself by then doing this random other thing i don't think it really i think as i get older i realize that it's not really like that like you just yeah, as you long know, as it's good i feel like because i've had this like struggle myself like should i post my art because i noticed like when i post my art on like my dj Ferro account like it doesn't get the love that when i'm posting music related stuff mm. i mean i don't know it's hard to say because the instagram Again, algorithm is so phony who the fuck knows like, it I could post, just be a bad day exactly like <laughs> yeah. i lit- like literally if if I wanted to promote any of my shows, I have to like post a selfie beforehand. Yeah, like, you I've been to, talking about you that. Have to That's post, a thing. Yeah, you have to like post a picture of a person, like of yourself, to get better, um, to get like a better spot in the algorithm, so more people see it. Yeah, that's what Instagram wants, and like I just, I just hate feeding the machine. Like I don't want to do a bunch of photo shoots just so like Instagram can have my content for free. <laughs> yeah, like it, is it? I don't know. It's it's confusing man and also let's con- just say it's confusing yeah and also content is weird to say like i feel like i'm an artist and i make art and i post and oh show yeah art. i don't like the word but at the same time i find myself using it just out of like necessity or yeah. just like not finding a better because you, you feel like you need to put out not art you need to put out content you need to and content meaning like you don't care about it as much yeah like, content like sounds like willy-nilly yeah yeah like a clip from this a sound snippet from this like a, a whip here whip there like that that's what feels like content but it's not the finished art or piece that you want to put out yeah and then sometimes that stuff doesn't get the love that you feel like it should yeah so the yeah. battlefield out here yeah it's a battlefield <laughs> love is a battlefield um but here so my last question is a callback to my first question and okay. that is 
your first concert, but what has been like your most influential concert? And, you know, I, I think it's fair to ask, it could be, you know, something that you've been a part of or it's something you saw. So it could be something that I, I was like performing at it, too. It could be both. You could you could ask you could do one or the other. Um so like probably probably my favorite performance that I did that I'll name was playing uh Spring Awakening in twenty nineteen. Oh cool. Because that was like a moment that I felt like in my DJ career, like I was like working towards being able to do something like that for so long and just actually being able to like have a set um where i was able to play my own music play all the music that i like to play like really made me feel you know it it makes me feel like more complete and more whole because like just on the dj side like you will if i'm djing like private events like weddings or a birthday party or like random stuff like that it's not like the cool gigs where you're djing a club and you kind of get to play whatever you want you know Mm -hmm. but something that like that height of uh that that big of a stage or platform and being able to play my own music and um having some of my friends like show up to my set like it just like meant the world to me so it was like really cool to be able to have that experience and i think that like that's a memory that i'll like cherish forever like being able to have that type of opportunity and like just made me made me like hopeful that like okay the work that i'm putting in and like the things that i'm doing it's uh it's like making a difference it's like helping me get to where i want to go yeah, was this at you said 2019? Was that at it wasn't at Soldier Field, was it? Or was no, it? no. So that was uh when they did it in Hoffman Estates. Oh, and now it's closer to Midway, right? Or it's like, or is you know, that they, the same? You know, they actually didn't have it this past year, so oh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know where it's going to be. Oh, it might even maybe it'll be back there. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> but yeah, I remember going to Spring Awakening with the. The bears are the bears are moving to Arlington Heights, right? So <laughs> yeah, maybe the yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. the Soldier Field is just going to be a uh, concert venue now. <laughs> yeah, what are they going to do with Soldier Field? You know, that would be kind of cool. It was fun when Spring Awakening was at Soldier Field. So, but yeah, that's really cool. what kind of music were you playing at the at the festival? So that, that was like all trap stuff, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah, it was all all trap stuff. Uh, like three of my own songs. Nice. Um, and I've never been like type of guy who's like, oh, I need to try and play an all original set because like I kind of feel like that gets stale. I like to like mix it up a lot, so like even just playing all of my own music would be weird to me. So yeah. like I I really enjoyed like being able to fit my songs into where I think they belong, you know, and not like forcing them. But yeah. it was good to good to play like kind of kind of like go all go all over the place as far as like bass music. I played some like some like pretty heavy trap stuff played some like future based stuff some like future beat stuff it was it was a good time mm. well now i kind of want to listen to another track <laughs> now, <laughs> all right all right we can do another track um, I'll, I'll let you pick how about that okay perfect. You could, you could just, just go based off the name festy trap 2.0 <laughs> Dude, trap music is still like I'm glad it's maybe coming back. Huge, huge place in my heart. The trap EDM stuff. Yeah.
Oh my god, this reminds me of a... It's like a gladiator song yeah. and a loud pack. Yeah, that's what I was kind of going for. It's Fest Festy Trap 2.0, like how they had like Trap 2.0. So it's like Festy Trap 2.0. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, gotta, gotta him, hit him with the old school. Yeah, ho. <laughs> That's such a classic. <laughs> That bass is so wide too. I like what you do with the the glides and stuff, like bringing them. You do a lot of work with like stereo panning stuff. Yeah, I try. I try to like mix it up a little bit there. Yeah, that's fun. I always forget. I'm just like, oh yeah, you can like pan shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was just like kind of like the origins of me doing trap EDM stuff. I was like, I want to get back into doing like some fast because. Everyone was like, oh, fest I just remember in like 2014, everyone just being like, Festival Trap is dead. Festival Trap is stupid. Trap remixes of everything is dumb. And I was just like, but I like those. <laughs> I know, dude. That was my <laughs> but I favorite. Still, but I still like them. So I, I was trying to like kind of bring back the Festival Trap vibe with that one. Does a lot of the production... Let's just talk production really quick. Oh, yeah. Because this is for the I podcast feel like, I feel for like producers. We, yeah, I feel like we haven't talked that much production. <laughs> my bad. No, no, it's fine. Um, cause DJing and graphic design and <laughs> NFTs, they're all, you know, if we, if we are just the central, the central part is music and production. Like all of those things are also important to that, yeah. you know? Um, but if we're going to break it down real quick, what's like new in the pipeline for you, like production wise, like, what are you fucking with? Is it like this trap 2.0 type stuff or is it? Yeah, so yeah. most of what I work on is trap stuff. I also do like a lot of future bass. I love future bass, yeah. But uh, one of the tracks that I put out last year was a song Way with my good friend Marla. And uh, that was like more of a pop song. And like it got, it was received very well, got like a lot of plays on Spotify. Um, so like I've been, I've been kind of like going back and forth a lot with like doing like future bass stuff uh, and more poppier sounding things just because like, the trap stuff is really cool, but it still has so much of an underground presence that, like, I feel like it's a little bit harder to have those tracks pop off between non-producer people or non-like heavy EDM people. Mm -hmm. And you know, you have one pop hit, one commercial hit, that's gonna fund any underground stuff that you want to do. You that's know what true, I mean? Yeah. So I I do think that there's a lot of good opportunity for. I mean, I would say a lot of these EDM producers are like some of the best producers ever. But like they're very focused on um, making very underground sounds. When if they kind of flip the script and made a couple pop songs, like who knows what could happen? Like you could get like suddenly now you have like enough funding or like record label recognition that you can do whatever you want. So I kind of want to get into that lane where I like make make some songs that are like commercial enough to to like pop off and then like go back to doing the underground stuff because there's not really a rule that says once you like sell out that you can't go back to the underground yeah i mean 
there'll probably be some like people that are like, oh yeah, he sold that, whatever. But then uh, you, I don't have enough fans for that. It's fine. <laughs> but also like it's yeah, dude, time is money. And if you have money, it's just like, all right, now I can sit down, do a year and yeah. make a proper album mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. dive into something interesting. But when you're in like the rigmarole of just like everyday life and you're like, bro, I don't even have time to. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, and that's why I haven't had as much releases the past couple of years because I'm kind of stacking up tracks and just trying to do more cool things like I did with Wana, yeah. where it has like a good, a good like marketing blast that goes out and it's like kind of timed out like, all right, three weeks out, we're going to do this. Two weeks out, we're going to do this. Like, every day of the week of release, we're going to do these things. Yeah. Like, you kind of need to have that kind of marketing plan to stand out against yeah. all of the two million songs that are uploaded to SoundCloud every day. Yeah. You know? You you need to have, like, something, whether it's the art, whether it's the music video, whether it's, like, some sort of TikTok meme that you do. Like, whatever it is, you just need to have, like, things prepared and, like, figure out what works for you to get a song out to more people. For sure. Where can people find you? Are you doing gigs in Chicago currently? Like if um, it's someone kinda, wanted to kind of yeah. slow season for me right now. I don't currently ha- hold any any residencies. I did step back a little bit from like doing club stuff and just more doing like private events as far as DJing. And that was also so I could focus more on production. Um, but if you want to find me online, um at DJ Pharaoh on Instagram and Twitter, uh, DJ P H A R A O H. I spell it out because people have a hard time spelling Pharaoh. But yeah, you can find yeah, me, me on Twitter. Twi- <laughs> find me on Twitter and Insta- it's everybody. Um, Twitter and Instagram and then it's DJ Pharaoh Chicago for SoundCloud and Facebook. I don't really use Facebook to be honest, but I do have stuff on SoundCloud as well. Um, and then, yeah, my Spotify is DJ Pharaoh too. Uh, if, you, if you check my bio on Instagram or Twitter, it'll like, there's the links to like all my stuff or my website, djpharaoh.com. Got that link tree situation. The link tree tree with the infinite links of the billion social media platforms. Dude, yeah. You can like go, like you find the link tree on Instagram and then you go back to Instagram and you go to link tree. Just fucking in a cycle. Let's listen to one more track. Oh, for sure. Let's leave the people with some some sauce. take, Take another pick, man. Okay. This one's called Throat Punch. Okay. Okay. You can go with that one. I mean that just sounds like it's gonna hit. That you one's like good. more yeah, that one's like more aggressive sounding. All That's right. why it's called throat punch. All right. Yeah, that, <laughs> that sounds like the one that I want. Alright, dope. <laughs> This one is still very whip, by the way. This one is like not even fully produced, barely see, mixed. <laughs> see, that's I'm all about that. I love that. This feels like the stuff that like I wanted to make when I first started producing. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like But I didn't have the chops. That was like this track is kind of like my attempt at doing like dubstepish type stuff because I've 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 never really been like that into like dubstep other than the like older like 2012 dubstep stuff like mm. 20 2012 Skrillex Flux Pavilion 
uh that that kind of dubstep like even some uh some like uh kill the noise like those those that type of dubstep i was like into when it when it was newer but then i just was like more into trap always and then like newer dubstep i never never really has been like in my range of like where i liked producing but then i heard um like a few newer producers kind of like going back to the old school and i was like well i could just do like some bass stuff and call it dubstep and that was kind of like what i what i came up with yeah bass stuff is cool Mm-hmm. Like I like the intermingling of the genres too. Like you do a little dubstep shit, you get add some like dubby aspects, elements, and then it's like a trap thing. You know, mm-hmm. everything is just colliding, and it's cool like that. You know, yeah, just like no rules. You know, you just like mix up whatever you want. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, there's so many different sounds. Like, there's so many different sounds out there on Splice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually am an anti-splice person. You're an anti-splice yeah, person? Yeah, I have all of just my own big-ass collection of samples, and I'm just like, to me, I'm like, why would you use splice? Other people have those sounds. Dude, there's so many samples. It's I know, insane. I know. But you still hear people using the same sounds, though. Oh, that's ans- why. No, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, they're, uh, One of my friends, Kai, who was on this podcast, he like put me on to this 90s old-school, like, where they used to have the samples on the CDs and like oh yeah, it's just yeah. like you get the, a track. the rave the rave ones Is yeah that the dude. CD I might have that and they're one fire too. yeah not for drums as much maybe breaks but you kind of got to spice them up a little bit but mm-hmm. like yeah man there's so many samples out there don't feel like you need a splice account yeah I just for drums I like it for like one shot kicks i'm like mm, oh yeah, yeah that one hits hard you would definitely want some like high quality drum i don't have anything against like getting drum packs i just yeah. like feel like splice is so commercial oh yeah and like so many people have it that i'm just like oh i don't want people to have the same sounds as me i don't know that i don't know what that is maybe it's my own like insecurity of some sort. no <laughs> i don't think it is i think it's that i've also gone in phases like when i first started okay. i was like i need to make literally everything Oh yeah, yeah. Like and then, not sampling stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like oh, I gotta make the gotta make the, the, synth, the synth from scratch. Yeah, yeah. Which I still love doing. I do like making synths. I'm not. I'm not in a lot of my 808s, I do make on my own as well. Yeah. Like, but I also like the the Ute beat one. Like that was all like sampled stuff, like chopped yeah. up stuff. Even like those vocals were like just like future on there and yeah, yeah. And uh, that other other Chicago rapper. I, I just like. Sometimes you just throw stuff in and like it sounds good and you don't want to take it out. Yeah, that's what the other thing that I was going to say about whips is like I love whips because sometimes the whip ends up being better. Like it's like a better song, but like the mix quality might not be as well. Yeah. But like somehow it got sterilized in the process. Yeah, like I don't the, know. Like the, this, the last one you played, Throat Punch. I just listened back to that in here and I was like, ah, I got to like work on this mix more. <laughs> so it's probably going to sound totally different when it's out. And sometimes like you can just push it to that next level. But mm-hmm. like sometimes you listen to it too many times and you're just like, oh, I, I agree. It up. I, I fucked am, it up. <laughs> so when I produce, I try and make stuff as fast as possible because I yeah. don't want to get sick of listening to my own song. Because the worst feeling ever is when you work on a song forever and then once you get to release, you're like, I'm sick of this song. Yeah, I hate and you're it. not excited about it anymore. So yeah. I try and make my songs like really fast. Like a lot of the songs that you played back, like I just whenever I know that it's like a good song that I want to continue working on, 
like most of the bones of it is made in like an hour or yeah. a couple hours. Like I've noticed whenever a song where I'm like, oh, this one's going to be like a banger. I've made it really fast. I don't make long songs anymore. Not like long lengthwise, but I'm saying like unless mm. I've found a way to progress at a steady pace that the yeah. whole like it's like, OK, I'm still interested because I've been just continually moving. Yeah. But if it's one of those ones where it's like I'm stuck on it for a long time, like I'm normally yeah, then like, d- I, then I just can't. Then just save it. Like chop yeah. it into another song later. I've done that. So I've been good about my file organization for my, like I'll use Ableton, my Ableton projects. And I have every song still that I've been making since 2013. Like I still have all of the projects. And wow. if, I, if I'm like don't know what to do, sometimes I'll just open one of the projects from like almost 10 years ago now. And just start messing with it and be like, oh, I had a good idea going here, but I didn't know how to like convey the message I was trying to or like this, what I was trying to do. I wasn't able to convey it at the time. Mm. And now opening it back up, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could totally finish this up. Yeah. Oh, man. I haven't found that like superpower yet. I like can't. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to listen to old stuff and be like, oh, yeah, there's something interesting, but I'll just make something new. That's yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Well, me, it's more like, oh, the melody sounded good, but something was wrong with the synth or the drums yeah. that I picked were bad. So you kind of like pick and choose or you just like, I'm like, ah, I don't feel like re- I don't feel like writing the drums for this track. Let me pull something from an old track. And like now you have drums in there and all you have to do is some melodies or like make a synth. Sure. No, I think that that is very smart to be organized. I wish I was more organized <laughs> with all that stuff because you could just mix and match mm-hmm. like that and then that would be your sound is like mixing and matching you know yeah. so yeah kind of like mr potato had with their own tracks yeah exactly exactly well with that you know people know where to find you um thanks again for coming on hey, thanks man. so much for having me it was an honor dude appreciate that we could do another one in a year a little like, oh for sure a little check-in yeah <laughs> i love a good check-in um cool man well Bye guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for thanks for listening or watching wherever you are. Yeah, like listen, watch, do whatever you want to do, but there's nothing else for you here. So go <laughs> go find something else check, to do check now. The, check the links. Yeah. <laughs> watch some watch or listen to some more podcast episodes. Yeah. I don't care if it's a different podcast. Go <laughs> No, listen to listen to Paduser. Yeah, yeah. Listen to the next one. Hey. All right, peace.